So let's stand together and let's put on those garments of praise. Put on the garments of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Let the oil of gladness flow down from your throne. Put on the garments of praise for the spirit of heaviness. joy is my strength alone, my strength alone. Come on, sing it with me. Put on your garments. Put on the garments of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Let the oil of gladness go down from your throne. Put on the
be seated. That's all we could do to keep him calmed down over there. Well, that's probably a good thing. But we're excited to be here to worship the Lord this morning. If you're a guest with us, we want to especially welcome you. We're excited to have you here at First Baptist. Um, if you're as a guest, if you're with us, there's a little white guest registration card there. There's a few bags in front of you that you can fill that out. It has some basic information on there about you so we can connect with you and tell you more about our church. If you want to indicate on there ways that we can pray for you, we'd love to do that every for those. You can indicate on there to receive our newsletter so uh, you know all the events going on in the church, all the times Todd's going to be dancing. You want to know about the things that are that are going on in the life of our church. And so goes back to me old Scottish roots. Yes, yes. I, so didn't, we I just, didn't think Baptists danced. Well, Todd does. So we just want to say uh, good morning and we're glad you're here. We're going to begin this morning as we've sung about have just being having garments of praise. We're just going to uh, focus our hearts uh, in a moment and pray and and uh, just want to remind you uh, in, a, in a few minutes we're going to have a connection group hour and so this morning we're, we're focused uh, we're having an open house we're just kind of focusing on our community and, and so maybe this is your first time here and you're not sure if you want to connect with a smaller group of people we want to encourage you to do that and so in this next hour after service as you exit you can head down to your left to the welcome desk and they can point you they can direct you to a class uh, of people that you can connect with and so we want to invite you to do that you can be thinking about that over the next few minutes if that wasn't already your plans uh, maybe God's going to speak to you this morning and invite you and encourage you uh, to stay for that next hour let's begin this morning uh, just by praying to God and, and, and opening our hearts to him father we've begun by singing to you and, and I pray that uh, we can just lay it down the heaviness, lay down the burdens, lay down the distractions from the week, the trials from the week, the frustrations from the week, Father, and just come rejoicing you for who you are. You are a good, good Father, a loving Father, a kind and caring Father. Lord, we have so much to be thankful for. And so as we gather here as your family, as your church, as your community, God, I pray that that our words are pleasing to you, that the words that we're singing are garments of praise to you. Help to focus our hearts now, God, on you and on your word. I pray for Dr. Cox as he brings your message. Lord, speak to, uh, speak through him, speak to us through him. Open our hearts to hear from your word. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Will you stand with us and let's sing together.
cross it's more than we can understand we are so grateful for it Lord
could ever come close nothing can compare you're our living home your presence Lord I've tasted and seen of the sweetest of love my heart becomes free and my shame is undone. Your Yeah. 
Let us become, let us become more aware of your presence. Let us experience the glory of your good. Come on, church, sing it. Here we go. Let us become more aware of your presence. Let us experience the glory of your good. Come on, even better. Here we go. for hearing our voices this morning, for hearing our hearts. You're, oh, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Help us become more aware of your presence, like the song said. We need you desperately. We need you to illuminate the truths in the Word of God. We need you to soften our hearts so that our hearts can become one with your heart, oh God. We need you to help us to be men and women of God, that the, women, the men and women of God that you called us to be. Lord, help us to become your version of us. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. Good morning. It's good to see you today. As Tim said, I am so glad we have guests here with us today. Thank you for coming and being here. You're so welcome. I'm sharing a series of sermons 
uh, on the book of Galatians. And so let me tell you what that's about. If you're new with us, we're partway through it. Galatians is about the doctrine of salvation. Uh, And specifically, it is sharing that salvation is by grace through faith, that it's received by faith. So I'm praying that if you're not yet a Christian, that you would perhaps today be saved, that you would be saved by putting your faith in Jesus. If you're already a Christian, I hope you'll grow in your appreciation for your salvation and your understanding of your salvation. And I hope then that you'll learn your Bible so that if you ever, somebody ever has questions about how are we saved, uh, is it by doing good things or what is it by? I hope you'll know that Galatians is the place that you could go to in your Bible to answer those questions. Last week in chapter 2, we saw the key verse is chapter 2, verse 16. If you weren't with us last week, I encourage you to go back and underline that verse. I'll read it to you. It's the summary of the book of Galatians. Here's what it's about. It says, a person is not justified by works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. So how are we right with God or justified? Not by anything we do, We can't ever accomplish that. We can't be good enough, can't go to church enough, can't give enough, but by putting our faith in Jesus. You see, the background of Galatians is Paul founded the churches in the province of Galatia, what is today modern-day Turkey, on his first missionary journey. And then when he got home, he heard that false teachers had come, and they were distorting the gospel that he had preached, and they were saying that to be saved, you had to believe in Jesus, yes, but you also had to keep the works of the law. You had to to also add some works to faith. Faith wasn't enough to save you. And so the key verse is, a person is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. And so Galatians is a defense. Paul is like a defense attorney in this book, this letter that he wrote. And he is defending the gospel of salvation by faith. We are today in chapter 3, and in the first 14 verses of chapter 3, we're going to see three arguments, three lines of defense that Paul is making to show them that salvation is by faith alone. First of all, he says that faith in Jesus was sufficient to save you. His first argument in verses 1 through 5 to these Galatians that he writes to is that faith in Jesus was sufficient to save you. So he's reflecting back on their experience when he was there in the first missionary journey. He says, hey, why are you getting into this legalism thing now of thinking you have to do good works to be saved? Because how were you saved? So he's taking them back to their personal experience. The first argument is from personal experience in these first five verses. Let's read it together. He begins in chapter 3, verse 1. You foolish Galatians. Williams translates it, you senseless Galatians. The New English Bible translates it, you stupid Galatians. And uh, Philip's translation says, oh, you dear idiots at Galatia. (laughs) Paul says, this makes no sense what you're trying to do, that you were saved by faith and now you're trying to add something to that. Oh, foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Paul says, it must be you're under some kind of spell that you would abandon the, the gospel by faith. Before your very eyes, Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed as crucified. Paul is reviewing what he preached. And Paul preached the cross. Folks, the cross is the heart of the gospel. Paul preached Jesus crucified. The cross is the heart of the good news that Jesus died for you. And it's not what you do to be saved. It's what he has done for you 
on the cross. It's not what you achieve, but what you receive that he has done. Verse 2, he asked them a series of questions, taking them back to their experience now. I'd like to learn just one thing from you. Did you receive the Spirit by works of the law or by believing what you heard? Are you so foolish after beginning by means of the Spirit? Are you now trying to finish by means of the flesh? Have you experienced so much in vain, if it really was in vain? So again, I ask, does God give you his spirit and work miracles among you by the works of the law or by your believing what you heard? And of course, the answer to these questions he asked is, they were saved by believing. So he's saying, now, why would you abandon the gospel of faith and try to base it on works? Uh, You see, when you're on the highway of, of salvation, think about you're on the highway of salvation, okay? And the highway of salvation is by grace through faith. There are two ditches that you could steer into, two errors, both of them are wrong. Last week we saw this idea of if you're saved by grace through faith, one ditch is to swerve to the left and to fall into licentiousness. That is the idea. If I'm saved simply by believing, then can't I just do anything I want to? Why be good? Why be righteous? That's the ditch of licentiousness, thinking that salvation by faith alone is permission to do anything you want to. That's wrong. But the other ditch that we're seeing here is to overcorrect. You know, when you're headed toward one ditch and you overcorrect, and the other ditch is to swerve to the right into the ditch of legalism. And that is to say, yeah, you're saved by faith, but then you've got to do all these things to be right with God. Some of you may have grown up in legalistic churches where it was all about rules. The whole message was the things that you couldn't do. Philip Yancey grew up in North Georgia, near where I grew up, grew up in a church that was so legalistic, all about rules, that he left Christianity for a while, and then he rediscovered that the real message of Christianity was by grace through faith, and he wrote all these books on grace. What's so amazing about grace, vanishing grace. So here, there's two ditches, and both of them are wrong. You're saved, he is saying to them, by grace through faith. And it is better than rules, and it's better than permissiveness. It will keep you on the right path. Now, the second argument that he gives, or defense of the gospel, in verses 6 through 9, is that faith in Jesus was sufficient to save people in the Old Testament. He's talking to these Jewish kind of people who are saying you've got to add the Old Testament law. And, And so, some people think... That salvation used to be by keeping the Ten Commandments, keeping the law, that was the Old Testament, but now in the New Testament, it's by believing in Jesus, right? Old Testament, it was by keeping the law, now it's by believing in Jesus. Paul says, no. He's going to say in these verses, no, that's not right. There's always only been one way to be saved. It's always by faith alone, and even people in the Old Testament were saved by faith. Look at verse 6. So also Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness. So Abraham was the father of the Jewish nation. And he quotes Genesis 15, 6 to show that even Abraham was not saved by doing good, but he was saved by believing. 
Now, everybody is saved through the death of Jesus. The death of Jesus is the only thing that will save you, and you put your faith in that. Our faith is retrospective now, right? We're looking back, and we believe it happened, and we believe Jesus died for us. We put our faith in him, and we're saved. Abraham's faith was prospective. It hadn't happened yet, but it was a promise that God said it was going to, and so Abraham believed God, and that was credited to him as righteousness. You ever had credit? You ever had uh, been in debt? Abraham was in debt. And he needed to be right with God. Well, God would credit in his ledger faith as righteousness based upon the future death of Jesus Christ on the cross. So there's only one way anyone's ever been saved. Anyone who is saved has been saved through faith, whether that's a prospective faith in the death of Jesus or a retrospective faith in his death. He goes on to say in verse 7, understand then that those who have faith are children of Abraham. So now he's saying that that the real children of Abraham are both Jews and Gentiles who have faith like Abraham had. Verse 8, Scripture, for so that God would justify the Gentiles, that's non-Jews, that's me, and announce the gospel in advance to Abraham, all nations will be blessed through you. So those who rely on faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. Only been one way to be saved. In the Old Testament and the New, it's by Receiving his grace through faith. Third line of argument that Paul gives as he defends the gospel of salvation by faith is that works are not sufficient to save because you would have to continually do everything written in the law in order to be justified by it. In order to be justified by doing good, here's what you're going to have to do. Continually Always do everything written in the law. In verses 10 and following, he quotes the Old Testament. He's dealing with people from a Jewish mindset, so he quotes the Old Testament repeatedly. Verse 10, For all who rely on the works of the law are under a curse, as it is written, and he quotes here from Deuteronomy 27, 26. This next I'm about to read is from Deuteronomy 27. Cursed is everyone who does not continue to do everything written in the book of the law. So if you think you're good enough to get to heaven, you really need to hear this verse. Do you continually do everything written in the book of the law? If you're going to try to get to heaven by being a good person and doing good things, then here's your standard. You have to always do everything written in the book of law. That's, you, you got to be perfect. That's how you get in if you're going to follow that. So if you ever talk to somebody who, who, uh, and you need to share Scripture with them who, who says, yeah, I, I, think, I, don't, I don't need a Savior. I'm good enough. Really? Look at what Galatians 3.10 says. Cursed under the curse of death is everyone who does not continually do everything written in the book of the law. So in verses 11 and 12, our are contrasted two ways that you can try to get to heaven. You can try to get to heaven by faith in Jesus, or you can try to get to heaven by your own effort and your own accomplishment, and I'm going to be a good person and overcome my sins. Verse 11 portrays the way of faith in Jesus. Clearly no one who relies on the law is justified before God because, and he quotes from Habakkuk, the righteous will live by faith. You want to live forever? You want to go to heaven? You live by faith. Verse 12 is the other option. The law is not based on faith. On the contrary, it says, 
the person who does these things will live by them. That's from Leviticus. So if you want to do everything there. So the way you can get to heaven without Jesus. Let me tell you how you can get to heaven without Jesus. There's a way to get to heaven without Jesus. Continue to do everything written in the book of the law. And you'll live by the law. You know, the problem is you haven't continued to do everything written in the book of the law, right? And I haven't either. And so this says that we're under the curse. We're under the curse of death because we haven't measured up to the standard of perfect obedience to the Ten Commandments, the Old Testament law. Then verse 13 shares some good news. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. Isn't that amazing? So we're under a curse. Christ becomes a curse for us. And the evidence of that is, here's another Old Testament quote, cursed is everyone who is hung on a pole. That's a a quote from the Old Testament, uh, from Deuteronomy. And you see in the Old Testament, in war, or when there was an execution of a criminal, they would impale the body, hang the body on the civil the city wall, on a stick, on a pole. It was a, a way of deterring crime. It was a shame. It, it was showing this kind of person is under a curse. You know what? Thousands of years after that was written, Jesus stretched out his arms and hung on a tree, on a pole, on a cross. And it was evidence he was cursed. The Messiah was cursed because he took our curse for him. Let's see if we can, uh, let, let me show you this visually. Maybe it helps you if you're not yet getting this, if I can show it to you uh, visually. So um, I, need, I need two volunteers. We got two students that want to come up and help me. You just got to say, uh, read a sentence off of a card, stand here and hold a card. I'll ask you one question. I need two maybe high school, middle school students Come on, we ain't got all day. We got to go here. So come on, two, maybe a guy and a girl. Come on, raise your hand. Raise your hand if you volunteer to come up here and help me for a minute. Raise your hand. All right, thank you. Come on up here. God bless you. Raise your hand. Jessica, thank you for raising your hand. Come on up here and help me. (laughs) Uh, Will you, Jessica, will you do that? Thank you. All right, thank you. Tell, Tell us your name. My name is Dylan Bauer. Hey, Dylan, thank you for helping me. Hey, Jessica, thank you for being drafted, okay? All right, so I'm going to ask each of you a question. Jessica, uh, we're going to let you be yourself, but you're also going to represent all of these people out here. So you're every person, but you're Jessica. Have you continued to do everything written in the book of the law? Have you, it says in the law, honor your father and mother. Have you always, every moment of your life, honored your father and mother? It says, love your neighbor as yourself. Have you loved, Jessica, have you continually done everything written in the book of the law? No, No, you haven't. So, Jessica, you are cursed. You're under a curse. So I want you to hold up this sign that says, cursed. She represents all of you, right? Okay, Dylan, we're going to let you be Jesus, okay? You got two cards. We're going to leave the first one right here. This is your card. I'll put it over here behind you. It's your card. And then we got one other card. Dylan, let me ask you. Now, you're Jesus, so you're answering this question is Jesus. Dylan, have you continually done everything written in the book of the law? The answer is yes. Yes, sir. Yes. <laughs> Jesus, 
Jesus is the only person who has continually done everything written in the book of the law. He was without sin, right? So here's your sign. Your sign is right with God. You are right with God. You're cursed. Dylan, <laughs> Dylan, I want you to read your sentence. Oh, look over here at Jessica. Read your sentence, please, on the back of your card. I will redeem you from your curse by dying for you. Jessica, look at him and, and uh, read your sentence there. Amen. All right, now switch cards. So, what does it say in, in this verse it's right here? Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us, right? So he switched cards with us. He switched conditions with us. Isn't that great? And so now, Jessica, by faith you are right with God. And now, Dylan, you're under a curse. You voluntarily took on the curse. But wait, there's more, isn't there? Because Jesus didn't stay under that curse. He rose from the dead after he died for us. So what I want you to do is tear that card in half and throw the pieces up in the air. Woo! All right. That's right. But wait, there's more. So you got one more card. So take your other card there. What is that? Hold it up in front of you. What does that say? Spirit. You have the spirit. Let's put verse 14 up there. Our last verse, he redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles through Christ Jesus so that by faith we might receive the promise of the Spirit. So not only does he give her righteousness of God, give her that card too. Hold one in one hand, one in the other, Jessica. Hold those up. So she is right with God and she has been given the Spirit of God, this verse says as well. Isn't that wonderful? Thank you guys. Let's give them a hand. Good job. You did great. Thank you very much. That can happen in your life today. Just what we depicted there. You're under a curse because you haven't done everything continually. It's written in the book of the law. But Jesus has redeemed you from the curse. So why don't you, like Jessica, say, thank you, Jesus. I accept what you've done for me by faith. And when you do that, he'll take your curse and you don't have to go to hell. He died a hell death all at once because he's the infinite son of God. He encapsulated all of eternal hell in himself when the one sinless son of God died for you. He'll take your curse and you will be right with God. Plus, he'll give you his spirit to live within you and give you strength and help and comfort and power. Today you can do that. Right now, would you just call out to him and say, Jesus, thank you. I accept your offer by faith. Would you stand together with me? We're going to sing a song of invitation. And I'm going to invite you to walk down one of these aisles and meet me here at the front as a way of indicating I want to accept the offer of salvation by believing in Jesus. And that will mean that you're to be a follower of him you accept the free gift, and now you're indebted to him, and you give him your life in return. You need to be baptized. You need to, to live for him and obey him, and grace by faith will keep you in following him. So we're going to invite you to indicate that publicly, unashamedly. Stand for him as he's died for you. Maybe you need a church home. This will be a great day for you to join First Baptist Church, as we're having open house and welcoming a lot of new folks, we'd love for you to connect with our church family. You need to belong somewhere to a church as part of God's will for you. We'd invite you to come here. God speaks to you. Would you come as we sing? Who has the power to raise the dead? 
What's his name? Jesus, only Jesus. Who can make the blind to see? Who holds the keys that set us free? He paid it all to bring us peace. And what's his name? Jesus. May the name of Jesus be praised. Thank you. You may be seated. We're going to give offerings now as a thank you gift to the God who has saved us. We give back to him. And if you're a guest with us, we don't expect you to give an offering. You can put your guest card in that offering plate. Let it be your offering if you have that. Thank you. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this uh, time together in this fellowship. Lord, thank you for Jesus and the cross. Lord, it's, you've made it so easy to get to heaven and forget this world through those that are sick. Lord, uh, help us to be examples for you as we go about this next week. Thank you. In Jesus' name. Summer breeze made ripples on the pond, rattled through the reeds and the willow trees. Before. Daddy in his good hat and Mama in her Sunday dress watched in pride as I stood there in the water up to my chest. And the preacher spoke about the cleansing blood 
As I sink my toes into that cool Tennessee mud And it was down with the old man Up with the new Race to walk in the ways of light and truth I didn't see no angels Just a few saints on the shore but I felt like a newborn baby cradled up in the arms of the Lord. Amazing grace, oh how sweet the sound. There was glory in the air, there was dinner on the ground. My sins, which were many, were washed away and gone. Along with a buffalo nipple, I forgot to leave it home. Well, that seems like such a small, small price to pay. For the blessed peace of mind that came to me that day. Down with the old man, up with the new, raised to walk in the ways of light and truth. I didn't see no angels, just a few saints on the shore, but I felt like a newborn baby, cradled up in the arms of the Lord. Well, this road is long and dusty Sometimes it's cold, it must be cleansed And I long to feel that water Rushing over me You saints on the shore, but I felt like a newborn baby, cradled up in the arms of the Lord. I felt like a newborn baby, cradled up in the arms of the Lord. you to follow our pastor out there. You're good. Follow our pastor out to the Welcome Center. You just go out these uh, doors here. There's a free gift for you that he has. So if you're a first-time guest, be sure to go there. We also invite you to please come to a connection group today. Uh, this is our open house. It's a great time to check out a, a connection group. As the church grows larger, it also has to grow smaller. And so this is a great place to worship the Lord here, but we also need relationships and connections. So we invite you to come be a part of a connection group. I also want to remind you of just two things. One is the open house, and the other is later on tonight, 
we have our men's chili cook-off. So another opportunity for fellowship. Uh, men, if you're bringing a pot of chili, you have to bring it here at 5.30 p.m. for it to be evaluated. But Jake, right? it's not, not just for men to eat, right? No, no, no. Just for men to cook. Cook, yeah. But everybody eat. So ladies, you get the night off, okay? You just come and enjoy some chili and some fellowship. It'll be great. We have a worship service at 6. It's a short worship service. You're invited to come for, for that as well. After that service, we'll have a meal together. It'll be a great time, so we invite you to come out for that. So with that being said, let's take a moment, close out in prayer, and then go on to Connection Group. Pray with me. Father, we thank you for the word that we have heard. God, I, I thank you that Jesus took our place, that he took our sin and gave us his righteousness. Lord, as we just marvel at that truth, God, may we take that with us into the mission field this week, pointing people to where they can find freedom where they can find you. And we ask this in Jesus' good name. Amen. Amen.